0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: You're listening to the Psychic Coffee Shop Podcast Network.
2: to the psychic golf shops, Mountain Bears. Hi Mason, and of course with me is my honey and the baby, and my lovely little Techie Joe is back in the co-host seat. How are you honey? I'm doing great,
1: sorry I didn't make it in on Tuesday guys, it, uh, it was one of those nights I thought I was going to be on the show and be able to be
0: Techie Joe,
2: and yep, uh, nope, that didn't happen. But I think we're back to normal. I think we're back to normal. I think it'll be good. It'll
3: be good.
0: But, yeah. Oh, so how has your week, been? Because I know it's been a little crazy around here. It's been a little crazy. It's continuing to be crazy. We looked at it and what, I've
2: got four days off for the next two months, next three months? Oh, well, Saturdays, yeah. Yeah. You know, I can do anything yeah, on Thursdays, on and I watch. Someone will ask, uh, host a show on Thursdays. Hey, you know, you know, let's not I knock know. it right now. Oh, uh, well, like, it. It. I'm knocking. He balls flying at us left, right, and center. Let's not knock it.
4: <laughs> and,
2: you know, we take care balls left, right, and center. But I'm glad you're back. Oh, yes. I like it when you're in the co-host seat.
1: Oh, thank you. Uh,
0: yeah.
2: I you know. It's,
0: um, yeah, surgery's been fun.
2: It was a rod. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know, I'll I I, prep for I, the th- destruction. Yeah, you were basically prepped for anything from making funeral arrangements to getting like being there for like six months to a year. You know, me ending up in a chair that you know I command with a straw. Like, you had all your bases covered. You really did. You really did. I did. I did. I'd already looked at the latest homes. I had already looked at. You know, recovery centers, I had everything else I needed to take care of, took care of. And, you know, a lot of people do not, I don't know, I think that they forget a lot of the crap we've gone through for basic things,
0: hospital rights.
2: Well, yeah. Well, there's that, and then also, like, the side note of, you know, we, we're, like, we're not the, the average bear, or maybe we are. Um but we've we've had this, you know, declining health thing as a massive part of our life for many, 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 many years. Um, you know, for my side it was, you know, mom, dad, grandmother, all the way back to my grandmother actually. Um so mm-hmm. yeah, there there's been this kind of like yeah, there's the optimistic version of how the world works and it's all going to be fine, mm-hmm. and then there's the reality of anything can go wrong at any moment and I may not. So right. you know, let's prepare for everything. Um, but exactly. yeah, so there's that. Um, on right, top and then of you add in the yeah, and then yeah. you add in the. Um, lovely medical profession that has become stupid um, in general, <laughs> but you know they've they've been very resurgent, and I find just bigger problems at larger hospitals. Uh, you know, yeah. becoming more and more um, concentration camp ish. Um, more and more, you have to stand up and fight. You have to basically be a little bit of an asshole to them um, to get them to
0: pay attention. I, I, uh,
2: I don't know that I necessarily see it that way. I know I've been in some sticky situations. Um, mm-hmm. even, even this time around. Even this time around. Um, but I mm-hmm. think the majority of the experience um, is a lot less traumatic than it used to be. I will give it that. Mm-hmm. I will give it that. Like there was, like there was no one trying to keep you out of my room. There was no one demanding to see your papers. There was, like, there wasn't that whole, like, you know, like you're calling it a concentration camp. There was not a Gestapo action. Um, in terms of really? late, keeping us separated and no, I don't
4: think that really, uh,
2: oh, you won't be able to come back and see him in recovery when they're calling families back. Okay. I missed something. Yeah. When they were wheeling you out and I said, I'll see you in recovery. Oh, we don't let people be into recovery. Um, I think that's just the general. Uh-uh. No,
4: they were calling people back all day long.
0: Weird. weird. Yeah. Very really? weird. Yeah, I
2: didn't think I – yeah.
0: You know, those I are know, the I overtones
2: think... I'm used to dealing with. Um, Granted, like, I think your surgical team defense... was pretty cool. Yeah, well, and in my defense, I had an IV and they had already started pushing drugs. So, the point of the conversation like, I remember stuff, but Uh like the surgical, you know, embarkment um, from my perspective was, you Mm -hmm. know, because I've got a room, well, I've got a curtained partition. Uh, full of people all trying to talk to me at once Um, Mm -hmm. three of whom are the anesthesia team Um, two of whom are working on a drug cocktail for me Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember somewhere in there being asked questions and hearing out of my left ear Um, have you pushed the Versed yet? And an answer of yes. And I went, oh, well, that's funny. I haven't felt anything yet. And then Mm -hmm. it was kind of like the bass drop. And so everything I remember after that was, all righty then, we're going to head on back to surgery. If you have Uh anything to say, you want to flip anyone off, Whatever. Now's the time for it, and that was basically uh-huh.
3: like
4: right
2: at that point. Like it was like someone at that moment, like you because know, we kissed, and it was like someone snapped a really happy Kodak moment. And the next mm-hmm. thing I know, I was waking up, right. Like that. So you missed about an hour of full conversation. Um, With me and your team um, You missed the large debate Over Be sure that there is no And I repeat No use of rubber Or latex with him He is highly allergic Yeah Yeah. Um, Yeah They Never I guess they thought I was just some dude with you um, up until the point that you went off the surgery. Okay. And, yeah, that was the, okay, you got, you know, high five each other, you know, high five, you know, flip each other off, whatever y'all two do, we're not we're not judgmental here, comment. Okay. And, that, and I decided, all right, I'm fucking kissing your ass, um whether you like hey, it or I not. It off, that was kind of fun. Yeah, that was kind oh, of fun. There was nothing and I was like, I was fucker, not you ain't getting away with that. that. Moment. Yeah, there was nothing yeah. I was not liking in that moment. And, and that's what I
0: mean. Like yeah. They
2: have pushed Versat on me. And, right. like, I already have drugs in my system that are making me happy and relaxed.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
4: I don't
2: know if they thought I was going to have a total, like, freak out nervous breakdown and be like I
0: can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do
2: I don't know what they were
0: expecting there. But I got the
2: drugs for that.
3: Because
2: I've I've vaguely have heard of her said it's sort of like Xanax on steroids. Like it'll make you really,
0: really
2: like, very
4: calm, right.
2: mm-hmm. very level, you know, like yeah. you,
4: you you have no
2: concerns at this point. It's like, oh, you're going to decapitate my head and put it in a meatloaf pan. That sounds marvelous.
0: Right. kind of
2: drug. Like, that's the point where Poor. my decision-making ended. <laughs>
0: and mine took because, over.
2: Yeah. Um, as yeah. as you should, um, as anyone should yeah. in that moment, because no, I've had drugs. I am no longer able to speak for myself,
0: because right. everything
2: sounds wonderful. Like they could have come in and said, "Well, you're bleeding to death," and I would have said, "Like that sounds great." Hmm. They could have. Like, but what we need to back, the, back a- the train up a little for our listeners. Um, oh, oh, we are going to talk about the fact that it did kind of look like a crime scene there for a minute. Oh, no. We're going to back up before that. Oh. We're going to back up before oh. we even went to the hospital. Um, oh,
0: that part.
2: Yeah, you know, because a lot of people do not talk about the about what t- – And my view is required if Mm -hmm. your partner, boyfriend, dating, relative, whatever you want to classify him at the time, or her, or them, um, has surgery or has Mm -hmm. a medical procedure.
0: Because, Mm -hmm. yes,
2: I have enforced a POA before. Yes, I have told a hospital administrator, you can either let me back there or you will need a better security guard because I'm going to kill somebody. Um, and, you know, so before you went into the hospital, we went to the library. We got lovely, notarized dual medical power of attorney and living papers. Yeah. And I'm sorry. You know, that was a good moment. Had a better moment, I think. The next day, it had to be the next morning.
0: Well, because yeah, we were at yeah, the yeah, it was Wednesday. Then, um,
2: because... Well, yeah, because we we were trying to get everything set up on Tuesday, like Tuesday right. before surgery was night,
4: um,
2: and then turn around and you know, there was coffee shop, um, because right. like. We're we're trying to get my driver's license squared away, um, the the car uh, registration taken care of,
5: um,
2: mm-hmm. you know, and then we're getting the paperwork for the and in, in West Virginia it's actually called a combination POA uh, living will. Um, right, that's what it technically is. Uh, West Virginia, if you don't know. If you're not from West Virginia, if you have just not, you know, wanted to have the, you know, are you dead, dying, or it could be conversation with your doctor that they get paid a few bucks for.
4: Um, if you haven't done that, um, mm-hmm. you may
2: not be aware that West Virginia, um, many years ago,
0: got a little
2: pushy. About the um, end of life document um, is it, what they're called. I mean, there's actually a website, a website um, wvendoflife.org, I do believe. Yeah,
0: yes, website, it is the dot org.
2: Wvendoflife.org.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. Don't don't go there first thing in the morning. Wait till in the afternoon. Just just not first thing in the morning. Exactly. That was the mistake I made. But, um, you know, but no, there, there is but, paperwork. Um, there's an e-directive system. Um, so any mm-hmm. hospital in the state of West Virginia, if you initial the little box, they will put your form mm-hmm. online. It's accessible to any hospital um, so they know who your, um, in my case, who my uh, POA and my alternate POA are, as yeah. well as um, what my um, should the worst happen, and I end up in a persistent vegetative state from which I will most likely never awaken from. Um, mm-hmm. all You know, possible medical science. Um, as to, you know, if I'm brain dead, if I'm, you know, whatever. Um, And we'll make those arrangements um, as well as support your decisions um, as you make them um, and kind of guide those so that, you know, I can both have my say in it that, hey, let's skip the feeding tube and the ventilator and all this. That's actually what I said. Uh, Well, not what I said but what I ultimately said was let's skip this crap because no hi we're not doing all this Um, Mm. and your ability to then turn around and go look he said here this is what he wants Um, so not only are you backed up as as the POA but you're also you know kind of thwarted from making a different decision at least to an extent Yeah, exactly. it's gonna be very but, hard. Yeah, right. Like there's gray but areas. The, there's always gray areas. Exactly, and you know, yeah. but what a lot of people do not realize is before we got the mm-hmm. marriage act, this is how you circumvent all this. This is how you, when I say circumvent it gives us the same benefits as Mary. They could not block me from recovery. That's the reason I got to sit with you in recovery. Um, yes. They could not um, block me from your room. That was. That's why there was right. no debate on whether I was staying or not staying. Um, no debate on if I was a visitor or not.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: If you can't tell I've had these conversations, you know, Five years before the experience oh, yeah. was much more different. Um and I hate to say it, it was a little bit more respectful. Um the hospital in itself was more geared to family. The hospital now is not geared to family, um at the, all. Well and there's different situations as well. Right. I mean this is this is day surgery, it's um and that's technically what it's called. It is day surgery. Um, granted there's a post ad net for you know just a quick hold to see like are you okay are you going to live I had a little bit more going on Um, and actually I was kind of thinking in the beginning I was going to end up being there for two days I was a little surprised when they were like okay now you can go on home Um, I think if you hadn't had that little problem you would have been out of there that night,
0: no. and we wouldn't have had yeah. to up with the nurse it
2: Well Um, I, there was there was a small chance there, but even at that, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'd rather spend the night. Just in general, right? Um, cause, right. I mean, it is. Uh, I'm not trying to sit here and call it. You know, like it's not a lung transplant. It's a spinal fusion. It is still major surgery. There are still major surgery risks. There are things that can go wrong. It's very Mm -hmm. low percentages. Um, And most of the things that can go wrong, really, they're not exactly
4: life-threatening
2: as much as they're just very
4: life-altering. And so, okay,
2: cool. I'm totally on board with spending the night. I'm not checking my butt out. Exactly. Um, But at the same time, you know, they, I think they had a delay in your paperwork because Mm -hmm. from the beginning of surgery to the end of surgery, it was, oh, we don't let people back in recovery to, oh, come on back in recovery. He's waking up now. We're having a little trouble getting him his room. Um, yeah. will you bring him his glasses? So I think they got the clue real quick that mm-hmm. uh either one or two either my reputation preceded me, um, <laughs> which is known to happen, <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
2: or um you know, they figured out real quick, oh, he ain't standing for this, he will walk over top of you. Because granted, I have to give the hospital credit. They had just received that paperwork that morning. Well, right, right. Like, I, because I went, and so Tuesday we go fill the paperwork out. Wednesday morning I get up and submit it to the e directory, and that's a fun process. Um, they call it an online submission, it really isn't. You just email someone with an attachment. Right. I'm right. like, why couldn't you have just put that in the paperwork? Like, just shove an email address in there, and I'm good to go.
0: Well, no, it's because they, the want it, it.
2: oh. they want to make it... They want to make it as difficult as possible. Because, again, it is subverting, uh, you know, their control of marriage rights. It is subverting doctors' control of medical care, yes, these were the arguments made, that, you know, doctors would know better than anyone else on what their patients needed. Um, Well, and in many extents, yes, but we also, and we've had that debate on the show, um, you mm -hmm. know, medicine is geared towards, you know, this this sort of never give up. And I applaud that. Don't get me wrong. I, I very much mm-hmm. applaud that. But there's a reality there that nah, maybe I ought to give up. Or mm-hmm. more importantly, let's talk about what this is going to look like if I do survive. Like if mm-hmm. if I end up in a persistent vegetative state for 10 plus years
4: Sorry.
0: or
2: five plus years or three plus years, mm-hmm. what, whatever. Anything more than a few months, um, Sorry. and even a few months is going to be pretty flipping costly. Um, but if we're if we're moving into that long term care version of this, in which you know I mm-hmm. have a feeding tube and a respirator, and every time I code, someone pops me back, and you know all mm-hmm. of these resources going towards me. Um, Mm -hmm. and leaving everything in limbo because, Mm -hmm. you know, well, he could wake up one day. Mm -hmm. That that unfortunate false hope. It's like, okay, but what does my life look like in three years, five years, ten years Mm -hmm. after being in a uh, vegetative state? Not to mention, like, what potentially put me there? Because mm-hmm. ultimately, with this surgery, if I've ended up in a vegetative state, it's mostly because I've either, you know, had a massive clot, and therefore a massive mm-hmm. stroke. Um, i I've had a massive aneurysm.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, You know, something really bad would have had to have happened during surgery for me to have ended up in this theoretical vegetative state. Right. At which point, we're not just dealing with, you know, oh, well, you've been in a coma and haven't moved really for three, five, ten, et cetera years. It's also, Mm -hmm. and now we get to figure out what damage was done. Like, what did you lose because of these horrible things that happened? And is Mm -hmm. that a life I would have wanted to live? Um, I prefer to be a person that says, no, we're not going to play this game of Russian roulette. I respect others who, who, you know, do whatever you can. You know, don't let Mm -hmm. them die. I can be respectful. I can. I can be respectful of that. For me, I call it a game of Russian roulette. I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't even want to try playing the game. Of, you know, will I ever walk again? Will I ever talk again? Will I be anything more than a semi-conscious, you know, sort of shell of myself? Like what? 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 The, right. You know? Yeah, I'm not going right. there. I'm not doing that. On the off chance, and anytime, maybe in 20 years, you know. Right. And, and see, and what people don't get explained is that all of this can happen mm-hmm. with a simple tooth extraction, one malformational experiment, and that's what it is. Medicine is experimentational science that is not gifted science. That's why they can't figure out if you should eat an egg or not. They are all theorizing and experimenting, and it's accepted as fact. But even having a tooth pulled, you can go through the same problems. You can have a reaction to the anesthesia that encourages the clotting factor of your tissue, and you fall into a vegetative state. Don't believe me? Look it up. Google is your friend. Well, yeah, there's all kinds of horrible things that can happen in any number of mm-hmm. scenarios. And, and it is. It's a lot of guesswork. And a right. lot of 99% of people will not have this problem.
0: Mm-hmm. But
2: there's a 1% chance of this. Right. And a 1% chance of that. Um, You know, Horrible things happen every day. It's medicine. You have to accept to some extent that much like driving a car, it's a great way to get from point A to point B, you know, in pain, not as in pain, or, you know, in my case, uh, potentially permanently paralyzed because I get um, rear-ended in a car accident versus... (laughs) less likely to have that happen, and getting less likely every single day, um, now that I've had surgery. Um, So, like, this this is the ball game we're playing, is there there are some percentages here. Not major percentages. It's not like it was 50-50, it's not like it was, you know, it wasn't a coin toss here. It was pretty clear you know, that you Mm -hmm. stack up all the risk factors, we're still talking in margin of error, maybe 3% of a risk. Mm -hmm. Like this is how much risk we've got going on. Um, Because I've already Mm -hmm. had surgery, I've tolerated anesthesia well, I've tolerated the surgery well, I've tolerated, you know, I've recovered well previously from the uh, effectively the same surgery Just one level up You know So my risk factors are much much lower Because we've already been here And, and done this It's not like I'm a newbie Well not exactly Not exactly There is well, yeah. Evidence more you go under anesthesia it, The harder it is On the body to recover from anesthesia well, yeah, there there are risk factors for anesthesia there and some of that a lot of that actually is not I don't think currently understood as to why because it's not everyone it isn't everyone has this problem but there is a group of people um that do have major problems with anesthesia and the more surgeries they have the worse it gets like They have one surgery, and they do okay. They have two surgeries. It starts getting a little dicey. They have three surgeries. It starts getting bad. They start having memory problems and narcolepsy and Mm -hmm. all kinds of crap popping up for them. Um, And then it just becomes this compounding thing, like for whatever reason, the drugs are affecting their brain in a way that Mm -hmm. is almost keeping them under that they don't want to come back. Um, and there is, there's a group that does that. Um, and and I'm young enough, I'm not in the other risk group,
0: um, mm-hmm. which
2: is when you get old enough, and, and this will happen to everyone, you start putting,
0: you know,
4: 70-year-olds under, the older you get, the less likely you are to come back,
0: because
4: sure. just that push under can be mm-hmm. enough to stop
2: the heart and you know give the body an out like hi, we're done, sure. we've been done. The only thing that's been keeping us alive is all this med all these meds you made us stop before surgery, and uh mm-hmm. then you gave me a nice little uh dose of uh uh Happy fun time sleepiness. Like, now's my exit. I see it. Um, right. and and that happens. And I've seen and as a hospital volunteer, I have seen that happen. Um, and I've also seen families that I'm like, are you kidding me right now? I'm not trying to diminish, you know, your love for your loved one. But are you slipping kidding me right now? Right. Like Take the win. Very. Right. Like, grandma's been in a nursing home for 15 years. The woman was flipping senile when they brought her through the door this morning.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: you know, she's had a foot amputated and she's blind in both eyes and she can't hear anything and she's screaming at the top of her lungs. It was a freak show when she came in. Um, because she's in pain, her life is miserable, um, Right. and she died during surgery. She got happy, fun-time drugs and
4: died. Right.
2: Take the win, because all that's been mm-hmm. going on in her life for the last 15 years is you found a pretty good and decent drug combination just to keep her
4: alive.
0: Like, she's
2: not living, but she's alive. Right. Like, she has zero quality of life. She's miserable. Like, unless this is the fluke event, because she took her off all of her drugs before bringing her in before surgery, and this is just, like, a bad day. Um, But judging by the number of those we saw, I don't think that's the case. Uh, especially not when you're seeing people transported from a nursing home, you kind of learn to pick mm-hmm. up on some things that, you know, grandma hasn't been baking cookies for a long time now. Um, you know. But yeah, it is. It's Sometimes you just, it's like I don't want to diminish your loss. I'm not trying to, to be that a-hole. But it's like, take a moment to take the win. She right. died in literally the most peaceful way humanly possible.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like there cannot be anything more peaceful than
4: that. Like mm,
2: taking natural pain for weird. euthanization is less happy than that. Right. Like, because I've been through the drugs three times, and unless it's just like a weird fluke for me, this is the calmest Mm -hmm. you will ever be. This is the most, like, I don't care what is about to happen to me. Mm -hmm. You will ever be. Mm -hmm. You're just generally kind of happy and good to go. So, unless dementia or you know other medical problems interfere with the way the the happy fun time drugs go
4: um take the win All
2: right
4: take the win
2: like it is an it is horrible that she has passed i I feel through great sympathy for your loss,
0: mhm, but take the win. Of sure. all
2: the ways she could have died she got quietly in her sleep.
0: Right. Excellent. Um but
2: nevertheless. That's fine. You know. Yeah, nevertheless,
3: nevertheless.
2: Again. You know, nevertheless, you know, there was small slice to begin with and then they figured out oh shit, the bitch is yes, he is the bitch in the picture. Yes, he will throw you out a window which for our listeners. I was nice this time. I even put up with a dipsy nurse who doesn't know how to operate an IVV pop. Her vehicle was not harmed, nor was she, although we did have a conversation on physics.
4: Um, I do oh,
2: feel that the medical profession is moving to concentration camps since patients are no longer
0: allowed to leave their floor. Well, oh,
4: yeah,
2: and... Some of that, I don't know anymore, what
0: they're trying to accomplish.
2: Right. I mean,
0: that's well, like a massive
2: to stack of paper. Well, I, I think some of it is legit concern.
0: Mm-hmm. I really
2: do, um, because a lot of it has to do with my uh, pain management. Um, because that was the reason I was technically given, that I couldn't leave um, or go outside or do anything like that, I like I'm stuck on this floor,
0: uh-huh. he is pain management. Um, and I don't know if that's How? because there fluid. is Pardon? You had no pain medicine
2: IV. At that point, you were not on pain no, medicine. No,
0: no, no.
2: I don't have that kind of pain medicine. I'm talking about in terms of, you know, like I was being orally given Mm-hmm.
0: Being yes. um, and
2: mm-hmm. I think that is some of their concern is, And it's not illegitimate I, I'm there for that, I get it um, And I've seen it One, I've just come out of anesthesia And there are people that mm-hmm. are woozy for up to 24 hours Just off of that mm-hmm. um,
0: Then
2: And granted, that's usually, like, there's a weird population that just does not handle anesthesia at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm
0: -hmm. And then
2: there's another group that does wonderfully with it, and they pop right back out, and they're like, hi, let's, you know, debate deep philosophical concepts. I'm in the second category. I wake up perfectly alert and ready to go. Right. Like, I'm there, I understand what's going on, I I'm fully like I'm not doing the babbling incoherent crazy until you give me sure. pain management. And then I go loosey. Um oh yeah. Really loosey on that. But as for coming out and, you know, being alert and awake and conversative and able to follow a train of thought, I'm good after Mm -hmm. Like, drop me back out and once I wake up, I'm good to go.
4: Um,
2: That said, there are a lot of people that struggle and they don't necessarily always realize that they're in a struggle right now. That their body's not handling this, they are drunk off they are effectively drunk off their butt. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need to walk, you don't need to stand up, you don't even need to think about these things. Um mm-hmm. because we've seen it.
4: Um,
2: you don't need to move. Um, again, working as a volunteer, I pushed out a lot of people who came in for day surgery. And there were there were basically two groups: the people that woke up and they're good to go and everything's fine.
0: Mm-hmm. Is,
2: these are my people. Um, then wow. there's a group that they think they're fine mm-hmm.
0: until they're
2: not fine. Um, and there there's there that's a really dangerous group um, because they try to do things. And in some cases, it's because they're men, and they're embarrassed, um, and they're, they, yeah, you know, they just want out of here, um, and no, they don't want a wheelchair, and they can dress themselves, and you know, they don't need someone to do these things for. Them. And I get mm-hmm. that because I've seen that, and I've seen that vomit, I have seen that. Fall. I have seen that hit its head. I have seen that stumble. I have seen that you know going off on a tirade. Like the sweetest, nicest people. That once the drugs are out of their system, the sweetest, nicest people you would ever meet. But while those mm-hmm. drugs are in their system, they're just like an angry, mad, ticked off, hateful drug. And it's right. like, yeah, you know, well, fuck you. I don't need this. I, you know, I'm fine. And then next thing you know, they're crumpled over in the hallway, vomiting into the floor. Um, and it's like, hi, welcome, welcome, thanks. Housekeeping appreciates this mm-hmm. so much. Hey, keeps them in you business. There's probably in the hospital could well, have used yeah. it, but anyhow, yeah. My point being, anywhere in the United States. If you hold an adult without their will, without, you know, their consent to be there or to be anywhere or to get, to restrain them from going anywhere, it's either mm-hmm. prison or kidnapping.
0: That's yeah. what well, I saw at the hospital.
2: they got my consent. That was part of the big sack of paperwork is because of payment That you didn't read. Oh, okay. That you just signed because you you were going handed a stack of paperwork. Well, but I actually took time to at least understand that part of it. That was why I was not going to be allowed mm-hmm. off that book. Is because of payment.
0: Mm-hmm. And if I receive any opioid narcotic whatsoever. In any mm-hmm. form, I mm-hmm. could not leave that. So I could say no to the
2: drugs and leave at any time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But, you know, this is not that paperwork that we're talking about. We're talking about the lovely pre book of papers that is part of hospital policy now that they have the right to kidnap you.
0: Well, no. and to some extent they do.
4: Well, but
2: I can get behind it. I, I literally can't. And, and, again, that comes from volunteer days. I have seen the moment where I've had to walk that line, um, that that people do not want to ride in the wheelchair, they do not want to do this, they don't want to do that, they don't want to do this other thing. Hospital policy is this is what you're gonna do. The only mm-hmm. problem sometimes with hospital policy is I can't make you do any of that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I've told people that it is the most honest thing I can tell someone.
0: And used mm-hmm. to
2: and did when when I was a volunteer is, sir, I cannot make you. Because the hospital really frowns on it. If I try to tackle you, I cannot make you stay in this wheelchair. I cannot make you ride it all the way to the front door.
0: Mm-hmm. But
2: we really appreciate it if you make it home before you fall.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Because the hospital really, really, really hates the insurance claim. Right. You
3: know,
2: and, and that's the hospital I in itself. You. You know, the hospital in itself used to be a fabulous, family-centered hospital. This experience has shown me that the medical profession itself is not for families. They leave you out of the room. They tell you what's going on. You You know, they don't communicate with you. You know, they don't even clarify anything. They don't want to talk to you. They want to talk to the patient, and that's it. And that is past bullshit. But no, I think a lot of it does fall into the category of we have a massive healthcare problem and have had for many, many, many many years that is steadily growing.
4: Uh, Mm -hmm.
2: And I think it has actually
4: gotten to the point.
2: That between low reimbursement rates,
4: between
2: extended requirements from this agency, that agency, this law, that law, these other laws, um, and everything else that has gone on in healthcare in at least the last 10 years,
0: Mm -hmm. I
2: think it's almost become impossible (laughs) to do the job. That 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 it has – there are so many stumbling blocks here that it has become impossible to do friendly care and turn a profit.
4: Because I'm not stupid. I don't expect to go to a hospital and have them eat it for me to be there. Like, I, I know they have to make some money. Mm -hmm. I get that.
2: I totally get that. Um, And the doctor Mm -hmm. has to make some money, and the nurses have to make some money, and everyone literally has a job for a reason, and that's called making money. I get that, Mm -hmm. and I understand that. And I also understand that insurance, of any variety, does everything it can to avoid spending money. And Mm -hmm. so they start throwing requirements and they start lobbying for a requirement. And then mm-hmm. we have situations in which, and, and um, EMR is a good example of this, electronic medical records were supposed to make our lives so much easier, so much prettier, so much better. Um, this, this was supposed to be the panthea for all of medical ills. All of the misread prescriptions, all of the misread notes, all of the bungled files, all of it was supposed to be resolved and give you portability between physicians and healthcare providers of any variety um, so that you had a medical record that could just walk with you that wherever you show up, your entire health record could be right there with you, and it would be complete and accurate and detailed and intelligent and
4: easy to follow. That didn't occur. That's not what worked out.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
2: And uh, at this point, it's now probably more of a hindrance to healthcare. care then benefit.
0: Because this isn't just mm-hmm.
2: charting. This is charting on a whole other plane of existence um, with, with a system that cannot for the life of itself find a way to allow eye contact and human interaction and be accurate, and complete.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it, it, it fails horribly. Horribly does it fail at that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think you, depending upon the situation that you're in, um, end up seeing that at its worst point in a hospital environment.
4: Because mm-hmm.
2: there is So much more that they need to charge. There is so much more information they need, and they need it so much more often. That it gets difficult, and I think that's a lot of the struggle now, is EMR itself trying Mm -hmm. to hit all the requirements for everyone for every single patient that it has become next to impossible. To do the rotation in the timely manner that it is supposed to occur, um, I, I will. I will at least say that I think there are people that excel in the system. I think they're few and far
0: between. I mm-hmm.
2: I, I think for a lot of people, for a lot of nurses, for a lot of doctors, for a lot of medical providers. Mhm. This is interfering with their ability to do their job and more so do it in a way that is people focused, not data focused.
4: Well, not only
2: that, but it's so bullshit, you know, one you know, how many times you know, 20-minute call times when she's got less patience now. Last patient, she had a total of four patients that night. You had 20-minute call times. 20 minutes. That's ridiculous.
3: Yeah.
2: And then she used the IV all night, which means it goes off every 15 minutes. Yeah. That one I'll kind of give as a, you know, she didn't understand the equipment or didn't have I had no experience with what this particular issue
3: was,
0: or well, how to apparently it. she doesn't have
2: anything to, to to you know adapt the IV, um, which she didn't even shouldn't have been on the IV to begin with. After surgery, she didn't well, realize that oh you already past clear diet because no one ordered a clear diet. She was following stupid you know oh I think this is how we do it here.
0: Oh joy. But again Yeah. yeah. I know, I know. It's you know, all, I you know, had thought about you. having it's this. Not. Mm-hmm. hmm I had thought about having this. Yeah, that debate's closed. Ooh.
4: Well You
2: know, after I this experience that, that debate's closed. Well, again, I hate that it closed the debate for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand it is problematic. I understand that it is problematic. I understand, you know, that it is not anything like that's not how I wanted to spend my, you know, fall. Like this isn't mm-hmm. this is not
5: what I wanted.
2: Um, mm-hmm. I will very adamantly say there was no option. Like this is a right. no option scenario. Um like because I'm literally being told um mm-hmm. you are a whiplash away from permanent uh at least partial, if not total, uh permanent paralysis.
4: Um and that's
0: because
2: right. I, I the 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 problems at um cervical uh between vertebrae
1: six and seven in my
2: cervical spine
1: were so bad Mm
2: -hmm. um, that the simple act of a whiplash would have um, most likely uh, completely, if not mostly severed my final form, should that event have occurred. Um, Because one, there was nothing there, and two, in, in terms of the disc, And, two, there was a massive, ugly, nasty uh, bone spur um, Mm -hmm. that, you know, whatever the lack of disc didn't take care of, the bone spur Mm -hmm. would have. Um, So, yeah, there was no option in this. And I can understand if you're sitting there and the problem isn't quite the same – um mm-hmm. then yeah, it can you know, you do have that option. Um
4: mm-hmm. so I'm
2: not trying to talk you into anything. I'm just saying. Um wow. from my perspective, I, I was a lot more forced into it. Um, part one. Part two, as bad as this has been, and again, that's most likely because of the bone spur, um, that mm-hmm. didn't get rectified. Um, that because of that bone spur, uh, as severe as this has been, I don't know that I can really even if I were not facing the same, like, if you have a whiplash, you're going to be par- paralyzed. Um mm-hmm. And the, the only question is, to what degree? I don't mm-hmm. even think that w- with that part removed, with the whole paralysis part removed, I still don't think mm-hmm. I should have said no to surgery. I, I still think, as as bad as this is getting, um, that even if the bone spur weren't there and were not playing its giant role in all if I just right. still had the symptoms that I had at that point,
4: um, mm-hmm. in which we
2: found out what the problem was, then... I still don't think I could have sat there and been like, nah, I'll wait it out. I, I really right. don't think I could have. But. Because this this well, this has gotten really out of hand. Um, and it got out of hand quickly. Um, well, it got out of hand. Yeah. But at the same time, the other part of this is forever. And even with yeah. you, you know I have sung the praises of that hospital. Right. To the point of, yeah, tell the, uh, no, just take me to class. I, I was treated better there. I wasn't treated like a second-class citizen. Um, and that's now my new view on it. Is You know, if they're going to behave and treat their their patients like second-class citizens, kidnap them, refuse to allow them to exercise their right, and then Oh, we not even got into my I'm going to kill a blonde bitch moment.
0: Okay. Um,
2: you know, of, you know, I'm out there off their property, over onto the campus property, and this look like she dropped out of the 80s woman starts screaming,
0: Oh, according to the new policy, they're not supposed to be.
2: And I'm talking to a woman who, who who hasn't had any sleep at all for two days, whose family member is probably close to dying. Mm-hmm. No. But all you care about is insurance policy and not your patients and not your mm-hmm. nursing staff and not your everyone else. And you publicly, publicly start that behavior. Mm mm. Done. Mm-hmm. No, that part I can certainly understand, and that's going to be a problem at almost any hospital. There's always that
4: one, Um, Mm -hmm.
2: because there is. There just is, Um, and I don't know how you necessarily fix those people, because they're not coming at this with the real interest. Care and or concern about policy. I'm sure they break many on a daily basis. Uh, mm-hmm. This is their particular wheelhouse of dislike, and they have a policy to help them.
4: So,
2: mm-hmm. um, like that's it. that's that's the whole thing. Um
0: mm-hmm. and
2: it is one of those situations that. And I know we've had this debate, but ultimately what I'm saying is is if you can suspend the disbelief for a moment, if mm-hmm. it is your viewpoint and opinion as a medical provider, as a hospital, mm-hmm. that there are many horrible negative consequences of smoking, and if. Because of that, you choose to have policies to create a smoke-free campus, mm-hmm.
0: and
4: if because of that, um, you know, and, and only that, uh,
2: you know, if you're if you're making the completely medical argument, and again, I don't want to go into that argument or that debate. I'm just simply saying, if that is your belief and it is well-intentioned and everything else, you should still have to, at, at some level,
4: acknowledge that this is a hospital. This is a
2: crossroads of many people. I don't have an option to not be here. Now, as a family member, you on a level have the option to not be there. Yes. I think it's cruel, ugly and you know horrible to to think in those terms, but technically
0: mm-hmm. you don't
2: you you have an option to not be there you have an option to leave you have an option to go elsewhere um and that in this moment, what should be your bigger concern? The long-term health effects
4: of smoking or helping, you know, in, in your
2: particular instance, a family member who is trying to be here for a patient um, get through this experience as best they can
0: mm-hmm.
2: or um in terms of the patient to help them get through this experience in the best way that they can that uh, and again going back to the you know I'm not having that argument but if that were the sound you know um reasoning that it is Totally above board medical. We're we you know smoke free campus and the only reason is medical. Um and it's all sound and everything else. If if that is the mm-hmm. case, I think if nothing else, we are suffering a vigilanteism um, situation in mm-hmm. which we are failing to acknowledge that. In healthcare settings, I don't have an option to not be here, nor should I. Um, at least, not to that extent. I don't. I don't have. A, as a patient, I don't have an option. As a family member, yeah, technically, I have an option to not be here. Um, I really don't want to see that. The the situation when that occurs
4: when it's like Mm -hmm.
2: well you know my my wife was in a horrible car accident and I really would have loved to have stayed to be with her as she died but I really 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 need a
3: cigarette Mm -hmm.
0: and
2: you know like no I'm sorry this is a horrible situation make some allowances Find your grace, right, right. There, there, there needs to be a balance um, because it, it it feels a lot like it has gone all in and right. without regard for the overall well-being of humans. And that's what we're ultimately dealing with. We're not dealing with, and again, I'm not having that argument, but we're not dealing with, you know, best possible
4: optimal health. Like, not everyone's going to have that. I'm not required to have that. Like, am I required
2: to have health care that at least points out to me what optimal health is? And, um uh, like can I be afforded that? Yes I can. Um, but at the same time, I do however need healthcare care that, that meets me where I'm at. And moreover, meets, you know, the people that are trying to be there with me through this where they are at. Um
4: mm-hmm. and,
2: and I'll always hearken back just just a Uh, Many, many years ago, um, to okay, that's gonna be one of those ugly little moments. And spoiler alert, um, so back in the 90s, my life was really, 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 really bad, and there was a suicide attempt, and I ended up in a, um, uh, on a hole, um for mental health, and because that's what happens when you attempt suicide. And in that scenario, the part that struck me, because I think in every experience in life you always have something that will strike you as weird, odd, strange, unexpected. And the thing that struck me was multiple times a day, they took us out into the courtyard, and they gave us cigarettes if we wanted them.
4: I was 16. I was already a smoker. I'm struggling in this moment, like, is this a catch-22? You know,
2: like, is this, is this, like, what is this? Like, what are you
4: doing? Like, one, you're giving tobacco to a minor.
0: Mm-hmm. There's laws against that. Two, this is a medical facility. Three,
3: mm-hmm.
2: like you're screwing with people that are are here for various levels of psychiatric problems.
0: All right. I'm uh, sure I'm
2: not the first paranoid person to have a moment with this. Going, are wow. you trying to just get me to admit to being a smoker? And no, that's not the situation at all. The situation no, is, and, and, well, in the situation then at least, this 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 is late nineties. Um, even then, even in, in you know, because this is when there is one of the biggest pushes, um, towards. Mm-hmm you know, stopping smoking, not supplying, you know, cigarettes to minors, not, you know, on and on and on and on. There was a recognition there that of all the problems I could be having right now,
4: the Mm -hmm. least important of which is whether or not I'm smoking. Right.
2: But, like, the in terms part. of, you know, substance abuse and mental health struggle and whatever reason got me here, the least problem they were concerned with was my smoking.
4: Because, mm-hmm. and here-
2: comparatively,
0: here's a cigarette, do what you need to do.
2: Well, that and historically, anxiety, mm-hmm. depression, vital fatigue, smoking was prescribed for. The mental health division oh. was still backing mm-hmm. into the late 2000s, smoking.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I, again, though, it's like, it was one of those things that even at the time, even at the time, it was like, can, can someone explain this to me? Because this seems weird.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, I have an adult offering me cigarettes. Like, the literal only question I'm being asked right now is menthol or not. Right. Like taste and preference. Like I wasn't getting total taste and preference. These were not my my marble. Um right. but mm-hmm. that that was it. Like do you want you know, do you want menthol or not? Like there were two packs sure. of cigarettes. Pick one. Um, you know All right. and that's it. It's like here's a lighter, you know. And I'm just – but I was. I was having a whole moment there. Part two, you find out that in that situation, that that in that scenario,
0: there's a lot of smokers. Yes. Like,
4: you know, that, that if nothing else,
2: you find out that people in crisis or people suffering –
4: tend to often be smokers. People Mm -hmm. who deal with a lot of shit tend to smoke. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Like, that was one of my other takeaways from it, not the most important one, but one of them, is that Mm -hmm. there are a lot of smokers. There are a lot of closet smokers. I learned that later in life. But there, you know, the, the... in that scenario, this was not like 10% of us or 30% of us, um, which is the technical statistic for smokers in West Virginia. It, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't 30% of us. It's not like our group was divided off and 30% of us went and smoked and the other 70%, you know, complained about it. Um, no, not what happened. Out of that grouping, I think there were, and we're talking about like 30-some
4: people, there were maybe two that didn't smoke.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And probably shut up. Like,
4: we're all, we're all having a smoke break. Right. Which is interesting in and of itself.
2: Um, Right. But, no, it's just, it's it's one of those through-the-looking-glass moments. When you realize Mm -hmm. that as much as smoking was pushed for many, many years is a luxury thing, what it's became
0: in in many cases um, is part of the coping strategy Mm -hmm. of
2: dealing with shit.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: One way or another, whether it's emotional shit or it's work shit or it's shitty life shit or mental health shit
4: or your life's falling apart shit, massive emergency mm-hmm.
0: shit, smoking dovetails nicely. So when you're in that situation
2: in a healthcare provider, you know, and especially a hospital and emergencies and surgeries and all the things going on in that scenario, and you want to rip away smoking?
4: Like, mm. I can
2: understand, and again, not having that argument, but if you're going to go with the, this is totally medically based, fine. get me to the furthest point to affect the least people. Mm-hmm. that's still reasonably close. You know what I mean? Like, give yeah. me the smoking food
0: 25 feet or whatever from the front door. Try to be nice and have a roof over it. That's all I ask. Like, mm-hmm. I'll put up with a lot.
4: But just give me somewhere to huddle in case it rains.
2: Oh, um, you know, in, in that scenario, just chill out a minute on the concept. Well, but it's been proven that their behavior is not helping anyone to quit smoking.
4: Mm-mm. Well, and it also gets
2: curiously creative um, the number of healthcare professionals that
0: smoke. You know, the ha-ha irony of the whole situation, the number Mm -hmm. of nurses
2: that smoke, the number of doctors that smoke. Mm -hmm. All you're doing is making a a five-minute smoke break take
0: ten flippin' minutes to get off campus and no one bitches at them. Right. Like, could have just
2: ducked out a door, stepped 25 feet away from the building, lit up a cigarette, had their smoke break gone right back inside? No. All right. They have to go off campus. So now, popping out for a
0: cigarette is now a 30-minute break. All right.
3: Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Again, bull crap. Yeah and
2: we're not having that debate, the debate we're having is patient care and mm-hmm. patient rights, and furthermore, family rights.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and, and again, I, you know, I can understand if
2: that's the motivation, then fine. But also try to be gracious and accommodating. I'm not right. here because I thought it would be something fun to do today.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Point blank. Whether you're the patient or the family member. Mm-hmm.
3: Um,
2: or the friend or the spouse or the, whomever you are that is trying right. to be there for someone. They're not here because this was a lovely way to spend the day. They exactly. are here because this is a horrible happy moment in their life. Right. Why are you making it worse? Why why why
4: why are you <clears throat> trying in this moment to go
0: well you know No, don't do that. Please don't. Right. That that's you know, just and ugly that, you know. and nasty and a
2: bad And it has been, and it will continue to be um, nasty, ugly. Their behavior is always nasty. Their behavior is always ugly. I've yet to see a smoker be rude to a non-smoker at a hospital or anywhere else. Most of the time, we are the ones that are ingrained. We are the ones that are like, oh, bed me. I'll go over to my corner. Bullshit. Well, Um, and moreover... And it also kind of goes back, and again, I just have to go and pull into the the hospital volunteer reserve. And part of that has to do with there's there's frontline people in a hospital, volunteers and and registration, all, all those people right as you come through the door. They deal with a lot more reality. The further and deeper you go into that building, and may I always point out that that executive hallway is at the heart of the building, it's never Mm -hmm. anywhere near the entrance. That executive hallway is so hidden, so hard to find. Mm
4: -hmm. Um, But there's people near the door. Mm -hmm. We see shit. We're not clueless. We're, we're not, believe me. Um, and we have to deal
2: with some shit. Um, and one of the worst ones I ever had to deal with, and, and this is the one that, that really kind of broke my heart, this woman comes down, and she just, in, in the middle of the lobby, bursts into
4: tears,
0: and mm-hmm. then
4: proceeds to start apologizing to me because she's crying and she's normally not
2: like this and she's just not this kind of person. But they just had told her that her husband was going to have to have his uh, other foot amputated because he's diabetic and he won't control his blood sugar.
4: And, 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 and this is all coming out in a torrent of tears. And
2: Mm -hmm. I'm having to have a moment there Where, like,
4: I'm having a cascade of thoughts. I am also smartass. So I'm having to turn that off. Because usually I deal with things with smartass humor. Um,
2: But I took a moment and went, not going to help her. I grabbed a box of Kleenexes and I went, you cry as much as you need to. You cry all you want to. You cry as ugly as you need to because I understand you can't do this in front of him and that you have to get this out of you before you go back up there.
0: which, of course, made her cry harder. Not in a bad way.
2: It was just here's your permission for it. Mm-hmm. you're having a bad day. I don't mm-hmm. care who you are, 364 other days of the year, or however many years you have lived, and all those other days you totally had your shit together. Yeah. Your shit's fucked right now. I get that. Other people can understand that. Other people can you know, let you have that. It's okay. Mm-hmm we have plenty of Kleenexes, you just let me know if you need another box. Right. And something, you know, in general that I've seen Mm -hmm. happen, because, you know, I've lived at hospitals for a while, either working them, or, you know, caretaking for dad, caretaking for partners. You know, at one time I thought about having my mail forwarded up to to the hospital, you had your, you know, Surgery at because you know I was There more often Well yeah and, and there's something That happens well With the family
4: mm-hmm.
2: um, Especially the smokers We all get Into the same rhythm we all Share the successes we all Share the failures um, When you're there more than a week You know mm-hmm. You know, this time, I was a fly-in. You know, I was there for two days, what? and we were gone. Um, but when you're there for more than a week, and believe me, I've been at that particular hospital for a month, for 30 days, mm-hmm. for two months, um, time mm-hmm. before I was there for 90, during a very complicated cancer surgery. You get mm-hmm. into a link. Two and a half hours, you all come out to smoke, and you talk about, your loved ones, and what's he done, and is he awake yet, or, you know, have you got to see him yet, and, you know, did he walk today, is he on oxygen, does he still think this is going on, what did the doctor say on your first round, who's the good doctor, who's the bad doctor? Well, yeah, and that's a general thing I don't think non-smokers exactly understand, Um, and, and it's one of those hidden facets of smoking. Um, is you excluded us, you pushed us out of the building, and again, we're not gonna go into that space, but you pushed us out of the building. We ultimately all found the same hidey hole. Mm-hmm. And formed a bit of a little community.
4: Where it's like mm-hmm. you're a
2: smoker too, you understand my pain. Um right and it does create its own kind of super
0: secret society that mm-hmm.
2: has a certain universalness to it you know that that it, like there there's some you know rules of smoking um you know it, that that everyone follows um you'll always freely give someone a light you'll mm-hmm. always you know if someone looks desperate you will always give them a
3: cigarette.
0: They
2: will offer you money for the cigarette. You will refuse the money for the cigarette. You will give them a cigarette anyway.
4: Up to five. Right.
2: Unless they have a really compelling story.
4: Right.
2: Like, I've been known to give people an entire pack. Right. And just be like, your life totally sucks right now. Here you go would you prefer me to come back with your preferred brand? I've right. been to that point. But those things occur, where, and I think that, and really, truly, I invite any hospital hospital administrator, join me outside mm-hmm. your smoke place. You'll learn more about your hospital than you ever will on that floor. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's whether you work there or not.
0: Exactly. Um,
2: And that's true of business as well. That's true of college Mm -hmm. as well. Um, And that Mm -hmm. was one of the weirdo things. Like, high school was a little weird. High school, you just couldn't trust anyone because you didn't know, because you weren't supposed to be doing it to start with. So it was like little pockets of smokers knew each other, but it didn't work the
0: same Mm You know, like it, it just didn't. Um, mm-hmm. but like I hit
2: college, and, and that's where it really like sunk in. Like, I, I've worked at, in a couple of places up to that point, and there were smokers and whatever, I didn't get it. But college was where I learned that, like, one, I learned about closet smokers, they're fun, and mm-hmm. um or uh, as as they can also be called, workplace smokers. They don't smoke at home, mm-hmm. They don't smoke in their car. They don't smoke anywhere else in the universe. <laughs> Except mm-hmm. at work. Mm-hmm. And I had a boss that was one of those. I actually had three bosses, so this gets fun, all at the same time, all three in the same office. One was a closet mm-hmm. smoker. I did not, I worked for her for a year and a half before I learned she was a smoker.
0: Uh-huh. And
2: then she just randomly comes up to me while I'm there one evening, because I stayed late um, at that point, and she's like, give me a cigarette. And I ran through some of the craziest crap possible to explain why she needed a cigarette.
0: Like, mm-hmm.
2: I had just seen this, like, the the... Uh, what was it was uh, really big? It was uh, like 2002, I guess. Uh, the palm olive bottle that some kid did his project, and they had it basically breathing the cigarette smoke, and then they like did the whole experiment thing. I had seen mm-hmm. that, and I went, "Well, maybe her son is doing that for a science fair project." Made perfect sense to me. Um, or maybe, you know. She, she's meeting with a visiting professor, and they're out of cigarettes. Like, I ran through the craziest scenarios because I could not attach to her mm-hmm. that she was a smoker. I had not figured it out. Totally missed it.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Then
2: we have the two out-smokers in the office that are my boss. Um, turns out it's a four-person office, four of us smoke. Um, but in this process, found out a few things, and had some explained to me, because I asked a question. Um, because my favorite boss, um, not that the other two were bad, but just my favorite, because we had deep conversation. She was very respectful of college students. Um, but... Ended up having this moment where, like, I'm running into professors, and I'm running into other students, and I'm running into other people on campus, you know, in various scenarios, all smokers, all finding the same old cubbyhole where we're not going to, you know, tick anyone off. Um, and mm-hmm. we have our cigarette, everyone leaves us alone, um, except for other smokers. And then you know, again, there's unwritten rules of
0: smoking. You don't,
2: you know, you can talk about work, but you don't exactly talk about work. Um, You don't work, but you just gossip about
4: work. It's a little different. Mm -hmm. Um, But you find out things. You have Mm -hmm. conversations. You you you
2: you can inadvertently get introduced to people you would never ordinarily
4: meet. Um
0: mm-hmm.
4: and have like the most oddball conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and
2: it does. It 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 can open some doors. You can find out all kinds of garbage information.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Not in its bad. I mean, in terms of like its propaganda. I mean, as in you can find out the worst about people. In that scenario, because mm-hmm. ultimately this is a break from work, it kind of takes on bar rules or Vegas rules, you know, whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Um, or you can just end up in some really inane conversation. Because mm-hmm. you're talking to a professor and they're not giving a lecture,
0: mm-hmm. that is not
2: part of their graded thing at the end of the school year.
0: And yeah, mm-hmm. I, as a smoker, understand that. I can't grade her on this conversation.
2: I had one such, uh, technically she was a lecturer, Um, that I really appreciated and admired, and got to almost know her on a personal level, well, to an extent on a personal mm-hmm. level, because of the conversations
0: we'd have before class, having a sit We weren't talking about class. We just Mm -hmm. talked about class. Also,
2: why she kind of sought me out, I think, is because I wasn't that student. I didn't try to pester her with class shit 20 minutes before class.
4: So we had a lovely Mm -hmm.
2: conversation about all kinds of random things. Learned a few things about her, like she was the wife of a – she was the atheist wife of a Methodist minister, that she was a mm-hmm. diehard Republican, her husband, on the other hand, diehard Democrat. Um, I don't know how, how. I like. I just. I wanted to meet her husband. I was like, "How do you even?" <laughs> um, but I it was, but I just like on a personal level got a little inside her brain. And it kind of helped her make more sense. It kind of – and that's sort of sometimes where it ends up at as smokers is we kind of end up in the same thing
0: with being pushed mm-hmm.
2: outside to go smoke um, and stay away from the doors and don't do this and don't do that and blah, 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 blah. And here's the stitchy person coming along to tell you how you're killing yourself. You know mm-hmm. You kind of form a little bit of a camaraderie, um, and you end up talking to people with a shared similar experience, sort of like I imagine if you went to, say, Alcoholics Anonymous, or a grief support yep. meeting,
0: or a, mm-hmm. you know,
2: a, a an abuse survivor's meeting, whatever it is. You have yeah. a shared negative world experience. I'm not saying it's as bad as. Um, you know, being an alcoholic or as bad as being, you know, abused. I'm not saying that you have a shared negative experience, it is much like going to to a bar after work with your colleagues. You're gonna sit here and bench. You don't Mm -hmm. have to work in the same department, don't ever have to meet this SOB other than this time. Um, you'll still sit there and have a very, you know, personal conversation. Just because. Well, and, it's, and I'll say this, and then we have to take a break. Um okay. Is I've done more clergy work on the sidewalk or the smoke section or the little box, you know, little box they stick it in, like zoo animals, um, mm-hmm. than I have ever done in a circle or at a coven meeting or behind a pulpit. So, let's kind a break and then we'll talk about some of the news that has occurred because some things have been
3: interesting.
1: Okay. Oh yeah. Do you like a little more grrrr with your coffee? Then tune in to Mountain Bears here on blog Talk on Friday nights at 9 p.m for the latest in LGBT topics, current events and technology. Every Friday night, we'll be here. Join us as the Mountain Bears explore these topics and more.
5: So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with, all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese, and guess what? Egg rolls showed up, like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org.
1: We hope you're enjoying this free content on the Psychic Coffee Shop Network. For behind-the-scenes footage, extra content, and more, consider becoming a Psychic Coffee Shop barista. Your tall, grande, or venti pledge on Patreon comes feature-packed and helps us keep providing more of the content you love. For more information on supporting us through Patreon, check out our website at pcspnetwork.com.
5: Hi, welcome. Relax. Have a cup of your favorite topics with your host, Aeson Knight. There's nothing like a good conversation. To warm your soul and give your spirit a break now and then. Aces have such a wonderful way of exploring topics like psychic phenomena. Important topics in our daily lives from a psychic's point of view. And you never know who else will stop by. Live on Blog Talk Radio. So come on in. We made a fresh cup of java just for you.
1: Finding a reader is hard. You've tuned into the show and you've thought about calling in, but what you'd really like to discuss is personal or private. Amanda Renzi has over 35 years of experience as a psychic consultant and 20 years reading tarot. With a warm personality, she is a caring and gifted reader who is ready to tackle any issues or concerns that you have. You can have a traditional tarot reading or she can use her custom created Serengeti stones to provide amazing insights into your life, your situation, and those around you. Book an appointment with Amanda today. Call 304 729 You can also check out her profile and more at pcspnetwork.com. Amanda Renzi-Reading, she's here for you.
5: Hi, I'm Rain. And this is Raven Wind, and we're the Feather and Bone Podcast, two witches talking about everything witchy and nothing at all. We consider ourselves to be energy-based spiritualist, non traditionalist and decidedly not Wiccan, Our views on magic and life in general don't align with other pagans in the community, but we have a live and let live outlook on life. So if you want to learn something new while laughing a whole lot, you can find links to our podcast, Facebook page, products, and purchase tarot readings at featherandbone.net. As a busy modern woman, I'm constantly on the go. Having to make multiple stops while I'm out shopping or getting things done just doesn't work for me. That's why I love going to the Crystal Lotus Shop for every one of my metaphysical needs. They have all the basics like stones, candles, sage, plus they carry jewelry, herbs, cards, a variety of unique gifts and several other items you're probably looking for. Uh Uh-oh, sounds like my husband's old college injury flared up again. That's okay. I can count on the team of healers at the Crystal Lotus to fix him right up. They offer massage, Reiki, Kalamni, as well as other energy modalities, all performed by licensed, highly trained, and gifted practitioners. And while he's being taken care of, I'll sit down and get some guidance by one of their accomplished psychic readers. Oh, and did I mention they do custom orders and have gift certificates as well? They even offer yoga several days a week for all levels of experience. Plus, the last Saturday of every month, they have Psychic Saturday, where they offer discounts on readings as well as many healing sessions. Stop in to meet Shauna and the rest of the family there. They're located at 89 Old Main Plaza in St. Albans, where the Loop Pharmacy used to be. Or give them a call at 304-729-8055. Crystal Lotus... Taking the spirit where the body cannot go.
1: You're listening to the Psychic Coffee Shop Podcast Network. Choosing a psychic is hard, and you don't want to waste time finding one that's right for you. You've thought about calling into the show, but you want more privacy than that? With services from phone, email, chat, text, and his network availability, you need to check out Asin's website at AsinKnight.com. Just a few clicks and you can have your own personal, private psychic reading. On AsinKnight.com, you can also find out about VIP packages, scheduling parties and events, and signing up for his classes. What are you waiting for? Talk to Asin today.
2: All right, welcome back. Please visit our sponsor. and of course, you know, look into being a patriot. Support the Psychic Coffee Shop Network. All right. So, while you were snoozing half the day, some interesting things and interesting stories came out. Um, hey, one of them was a little confusing for me. I know you're recovering. Okay. One of the more
0: one, one of the more, the more founders of
2: you. Yeah, it was the Finders of Snow of uh, Stonewall, Snowwall. Was leaving
0: Stonewall. And I had to delve oh, into this article yeah. and then I had to go and check yet. Like
2: you were having a Snopes moment? Like, is this for real? Is this a thing? Well, not only is this for real, but i you know, when I think of the founders of Snow of Stone Snowwall, the founders of Stonewall. I think of the lovely drag queen through the brick, the two, you know, Martha Washington, and I don't remember the other lady. Both of them performed and worked the benefits and, you know, showed up the rallies and fought and continued to fight until they crossed over yes. for
0: the benefit of well, the GDLT.
2: Yeah, there's there's the Stonewall event, and then there's Stonewall The Group. And Stonewall yeah. The Group is what's actually being talked about.
4: Um right.
2: And, yes, yeah, Simone
0: is someone who has a massive
2: problem reconciling friends and um uh LGB community. Like Mm -hmm. and and is someone who doesn't feel trans belong and doesn't feel that the these are cooperative concepts that it has that, that trans has no place in the rainbow. Um and I struggle with that one, trying to understand exactly.
4: Um, uh-huh.
2: And we had a pretty massive conversation before the show. And I do. I struggle with that one because on the one hand, the argument being made, the argument that she makes, the argument that is made in the situation, is that people who are trans are – ultimately conforming through their transition with accepted gender roles. They're rejecting one and
4: choosing another.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Or living at, you know, rejecting the one they were assigned and living the one that they are. Um and this is, it's a really dicey conversation. There's no nice way. And if anyone is listening, and I have horribly, horribly, horribly said this, please write in and let us know. But be gentle. We're trying.
4: Um. Sure. That said,
2: that said. Um. Effectively, the argument being made is that ultimately, fr- trans women have no place. In the community, because they are failing to reject um, gender normativity, as in trans that that in order to be trans, the belief is that you are rejecting one gender role and saying that's not who I am.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, not doing it in a way that rejects gender roles but instead embraces them fully and says, But this is the one who I am. Um,
4: mm-hmm. this
2: gender role and all of its expectations and everything about it, uh, and I'm talking about the gender role when I say
0: it, um, is who I am, I struggle with that, that concept. I, I uh, There's a part of me that kind of gets it. I kind
2: of get it, is that when you're talking about the problems that people in LGB space often face, um, as well as those who are queer in general face, Mm … is mostly caused in some regards by gender normativity. That but for – it's the same argument we make in stating that facts as a uh, discrimination-protected
0: class, should cover us. That
2: but Mm -hmm. for being male, being married to a man… I would not be discriminated against if I were female, married to a man. I would not be discriminated against. That's the argument that that we've tried making in that regard. Mm-hmm. And Simone's viewpoint is generally associated with that. Is yeah. you know
3: that,
2: and it part of me goes I. Understand what she's saying. I'm not saying that it's stupid, and I'm not saying that, you know, it's a bad view inherently, just that I think it's a lot more nuanced than Mm -hmm. she allows. That would that that's kind of my the only way I can say it is this is a lot more nuanced than she's allowing for. Is that she has made this a very black and white issue
0: mm-hmm. that
2: there's no in between, there's no you know and that
4: gender in and of itself and gender mm-hmm. roles must always be negative. I would counter that that gender and gender roles in so much that they
2: are forced
4: upon someone
2: are mm-hmm. always negative. That if you are not allowed fluidity in gender and gender expression, if you are not allowed to express as you are, then yes, that is bad. That, that is an obvious, to me, fact. But what she ultimately is supporting is that
3: mm-hmm.
2: all masculinity is bad, all femininity is bad, there is no need for gender, therefore you should not have to
0: transition.
2: Therefore, trans should have no place in this if only we were to get rid of gender roles. All gender, but anything connected to the concept of gender and right. a gender and association. The, and see, the, the, I'm sorry, I, someone needs to change up her medication, give her some more LSD, something, because even there's no way of stripping gender out of the culture. There's ginger communication, ginger roles, ginger identification. That has been half our battle, you know, for almost 50 years. Where the hell? If you're a founder, were you on crack? Did you miss the drag queen making money at your fundraisers? Did you miss the trans woman that cooked your meals and served your drinks and called you honey and sweetie and was so happy when she was able not to go through three years of cognitive behavior to become the woman that she
4: is.
0: You know, well, here's
4: my thing though. I don't like, again,
2: I see where she's coming from. I see what she's Mm -hmm. getting at. And maybe it is one of those concepts that's just so ahead of its time. I don't think it is. I think it, that ultimately, our problem is gender and gender roles and gender
0: expectations
2: mm-hmm. and and expectations mm-hmm. of gender expression
4: It's a Pandora's box, and once that lid opens, you're not getting it back. Mm-hmm. To We're stuck no. with it all we can do as far as gender roles
2: and is to create the safest possible space
0: um, mm-hmm.
2: for human beings to express gender in any which way they feel comfortable.
0: Right.
4: That said, I don't think there's anything wrong with someone
2: being, like, if we look, at, like, Gender, the concept of gender fluidity is much like the concept mm-hmm. of uh, fluid sexuality. Is that the, both occur on a spectrum that goes right. you know extreme to extreme, and most people fall somewhere in the middle. Um, right. you know, a little more towards one side than the other. Um, and then you have right. a few people that are smack dab in the middle.
4: That with that
0: said, right.
4: that ultimately
2: I don't inherently see the problem if someone as a as a person was assigned at birth through genitalia a gender role and that does not fit them. And they choose to transition to become themselves,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and that's an extreme. Like they're they're not just sitting there, like as in because we talk about Kinsey scale uh, every once in a while, and or well, that is the the concept of gender flu, of uh, sexual orientation fluidity, sexual uh,
0: fluidity. Mm -hmm. No.
2: You know, if we were to take that same like one or zero to seven, I think it is zero zero to six, one to seven. I'm so horrible with Kenzie. Anyway, we're going to pretend it's a one to seven. And if we're to take that and to apply that to gender, and let's go with seven is you know the most feminine femi fem 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 fem, and zero is masculine man man mas mas, mas, mas man mas man Um We're not necessarily talking about people that are moving from say uh, five to like. Uh, three? Or someone moving from, say, you know, a one to a six? Um, You know, like, this could be someone that that may very well have, through years of indoctrination and forced gender expression, be moving from a seven to a zero.
4: Yeah. Like, one side to the other,
0: um and that's okay. Um, it's not that it is inherently bad now. I
2: think it does however conflate two issues, and that's where I, I, I take the biggest biggest problem with her her argument and in the general argument um is that you can be a person anywhere between that zero and seven, you know, fem, 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 to mess, 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 be mess, mess, mess any and anything in between okay. without inherently being supportive of the thing being forced on us. Like, you can be a 7 or a 0, and as long as you're not doing it toxically, as long as you're not trying to force everyone else to 0 or 7 themselves, as long as you are living your authentic self, then I Mm -hmm. don't get it. I don't get her problem. I don't understand. That well well, yes, if you're talking about as a societal push, yes, I see her problem. But if you're talking about on an individual basis, which we are,
4: I don't.
0: mm -hmm. Well, and here's the thing, and I've
2: seen this out of other leaders. Um, They don't want to, you know, that one that feminine, you know, Z Budapest is one of them. The, they run that ultra feminine, you have to be biologically female to work with the goddess. Bullcrap in the uh, pagan world. Now I'm okay. seeing it in the gay, in the gay, athletic world, uh, you know, that trans people, you know, that this is, a, you know, that, les, that the L is only for lesbians that are biologically lesbians. And I'm like, can we call bullshit now? Like, where is my bullshit button? I want a bullshit button um, on this, on this issue especially. I don't care if you're straight, gay, bi, trans, or any of the other alphabet suit. And yes, I'm with Brew Paul, you know, even the BLT yeah. part of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's like, can we get a clue here? You know, just because we got the rights of marriage, we're fucking hitting only half the community got the rights of marriage. Not all of the community got the rights of marriage. Um, And that was never what we were hunting or hoping for. Um, We were hoping and hunting for equal seat at the table. That little freaking scrap sheet of paper that replaces my four-inch binder that I used to have to carry around with me whenever I get Mm. that, is only going to reduce it down to a one-inch binder because there's still going to be hospital administrators that are paying. There's still going to be people screaming religious rights that are paying.
0: Trans people, they're still in the battle, and we should still be in the battle too because well, they're, yeah, ones they're way going away. Down, they're,
2: like one. they're way back on the trail. They're 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 as as Margaret Cho would say, you know, they lag behind. Mm-hmm. Um, like that Like we're down the trail someone like we've sent a lesbian with a water pack and some granola to go back for the for, for, for the trans
0: like they wow. grabbed
2: the trans people like, they're lost right. we don't know what happened we got separated I think we stopped for a bathroom break in the middle of the woods
0: and
2: yeah, and that's a horrible joke. We shouldn't have even, I should not have even gone there. But,
0: like, they are going so there. The is, that,
2: is the dumbest, that is the dumbest argument I've heard out of a Politico I in years. And I'm believe me, but I've heard so some stupid ones. They're so far down the rabbit
3: trail. Um,
2: but I still give it credit as it's probably the biggest.
4: Um, positive, negative turned into a positive. Like, it's sort of like
2: how we ended up with gay marriage. There's a funny thing happened on the way to civil unions. Um, we mm-hmm. got told, there's no way in hell we're going to give you gay marriage. And we said, no, 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 that's not what we asked for. We asked for domestic partnerships, civil unions, not the same as marriage. We just want, you know, some core basic things over here not a marriage. Mm-hmm. No, you're not getting fag marriage. I remember that being said.
4: Um, no.
2: At which point we regrouped and said, now wait a minute. You know, we were going to be perfectly content over here with marriage life, with civil unions, domestic partnerships, you know, we were going to be cool with this. We were going to be cool with this. This is all we asked for. This is all we wanted. We just wanted a little bit more than the crap we had, which was nothing. <laughs> and we were would have totally, totally. Everyone would have shown up, approved domestic partnership, you know, civil union, whatever, whatever the area we call it. Shown up, approved that. We would have all walked away, perfectly happy and content. Perfectly happy and content, and never would have even baked cookies for the occasion. (laughs) Right? Exactly. It would have been a great and wonderful day. Everyone would have been happy. Everyone would have felt accomplished. Wouldn't have said another word about it. Maybe another hundred years before we would have ever broached the topic of
1: gay marriage.
2: In you said we would never have it so we showed back up and made that happen and I think that's because it it slapped us in the face and said ultimately what what you're being told is you're never going to amount to anything like we're we're perfectly happy and content abusing the shit out of you so Mm -hmm for the trans community. I think that whole bathroom debate, the, the slew of bathroom bills and the the horrible crap show pun intended, unfortunately. The horrible crap show that turned into was the positive moment where everyone kind of stepped back and went Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I was just asking for
0: a few
2: things. Like, real short list, would have been real happy with it, would not have said another word.
0: But then you
2: had to make it impossible for me to go pee legally without getting abused and assaulted and for people that were not trans to get abused and assaulted because they didn't conform to your uh, gender normative thing. So, yeah, now I'm going to come back twice as hard because ultimately you made this all about who's in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And you look like the same way when you said the whole gay marriage thing, and you look like idiots.
3: huh. Mm-hmm.
2: And that's what I call it, is the moment that it went from, you're never going to have it, and it's never going to happen, to so give it up, to, oh, let me throw down this gauntlet and pour gravy on it.
0: hmm. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's our time.
2: It is our time, unfortunately. Now, we will be back next week. And we will... Be talking a lot about more of this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, sharing our point of views because all yeah. I have to say is I can be ingenue as much as I want to be ingenue. Yeah.
1: And in other news, you you have know taken
3: the- pride on Saturday.
2: and Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, yeah.
2: in the bizarre, Bazaar. Do one now. And then on Sunday the Bazaars Bazaar. Ooh.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Well the dot information. Yeah, but taking yeah. pride
2: is Saturday. Um Laura will be doing opening and closing and educating all day long, and I'm quite sure I will have stories to share. Um from a Jaded Hair point of view. And that's in St. Albans. It's Ordnance Park. If you came out to see me at Crystal Kingdom, it is the same park. Um, and yeah. we will already be happy and country and fun to be out tomorrow. And then I'm going to, yeah, that's in Marriott. And then I'm going to Marietta, Ohio, on Saturday at the Bazaar of the Bazaar. Sunday. So come out and see me. Sunday. Dad. Yes. Yes. And then, if you're looking to take classes, check out com. My 2020 class schedule is up. Woohoo! Yes. So, you guys have a great week. We will be back to talk with you later. Hope you've enjoyed our conversation and our points of view. And until then, good night, Joe. Good night, all.
3: Good night.
1: Choosing a psychic is hard, and you don't want to waste time finding one that's right for you. You've thought about calling into the show, but you want more privacy than that? With services from phone, email, chat, text, and his network availability, you need to check out Asin's website at asinnight.com. Just a few clicks and you can have your own personal, private psychic reading. On asinnight.com, you can also find out about VIP packages, scheduling parties and events, and signing up for his classes. What are you waiting for? Talk to and today. You're listening to the Psychic Coffee Shop Podcast Network.